Welcome to The Delling Pod with me, James Dellingpot. And I know I always say I'm excited about this week's special guest, but behold, look who it is. I've got Rachel Elnor on my on my um on the podcast. And, and Rachel's more famous than me, aren't you, Rachel? Well, I'm not sure about that, James, but I did have fame on BBC TV's Dragon's Den. I was on the first two series as a dragon um, when it first launched. That's fame. That's fame. What, what, what sort of yeah. audiences did that get? Well, I mean, it went worldwide. So it was uh, it was licensed in, in a lot of countries. Yeah. And I mean, it's one of the top uh, business shows in the world, really, Dragon's Den. So... It was quite a, a nice thing to be in the beginning of it when when they actually created the concept, you know. Yeah, yeah. Was it was it presented by the same guy in in uh, the beginning? Um, what's his name? I forget. I don't watch the BBC anymore. I've I've kind of erased it from my consciousness. But um, Ev- Evan Davis. Evan Davis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's the sort of narrator of it, and the dragons obviously change uh, through the whole series. I think they're on series eleven or twelve now. Did you ever see the um, the Harry Enfield um, uh, piss take of Dragon's Den? Yeah, I think I did, and I think I, I was I, there was a piss take of me on that on one of the comedy shows. They had uh, one of the female comedians playing me. Oh, did they? Uh, what, what, yeah. was, it, was it was it accurate? Was it was it was it flattering? It was, well, it was just bizarre. You know, it's just bizarre to see something like that. Mm. Um. Before we move on to the stuff that interests me far more, actually, I wanted to ask you, but you, the BBC um, and Evan Davis. I mean, I, 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 back in the day, I used to do a, do a lot of BBC stuff. I, that was the stage of my, my, my life where I, I still thought it was treating with the enemy was a kind of sensible thing to do and that, you know, you could get the, you could use the medium to get the word out and it had reach. And, and, the, and also at the time, I didn't realize quite how evil the BBC was. And I don't think it's a new thing. I think the BBC has always been evil. I think it's always been a branch of, of the security services and the deep state. I think it's just toxic beyond measure. But at the same time, I've worked with BBC people, Evan Davis being one, and um, another one, Jeremy Vine. These people are personally very charming and professional and they're good to be with. But would you agree with me that there's something toxic about the BBC in as much as even if you're one of the nice guys, it's a bit like, um, you know, you could be the nicest person in the world. But if you're if you're attending, I don't know, satanic, um, satanic uh, rituals, it gets to you after a while. I mean, do, 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 you, do you share my view on the BBC? Do you see what I'm getting at? Well, the thing about Dragon's Den yeah. that we didn't realise when we were filming it is that 95% of what was filmed ended up on the cutting room floor. And so it was so heavily edited and highly manipulated. And I realised afterwards that I was part of an education amongst the general public and in particular children about a very ruthless way of doing business, which didn't reflect at all what was actually filmed. And so, um, so this hard nosed pinstriped, ruthless cutting business people. And, and actually that wasn't the truth of the series at all. We were very supportive, helpful, giving marketing advice and tips all that was cut in favor of the irritable comment that you made because they would send someone in and you all wanted to go home and they'd send in some disastrous person at 5.30 just to trigger you, you know, in a really hot studio. So it was very manipulated. And of course, we sort of fell for it. Um, So, yes, I, I do feel a little bit of shame around my responsibility in creating this this uh, persona, this archetype of business dragons, yes. which is not is not a true reflection of the real world of entrepreneurship. That is that is really really interesting. So, in other words, they were the viewer, 
looks at Dragon's Den and thinks that the dragons are the ones in charge. And okay, Evan Davis is a kind of the, the intermediary between the dragons and the viewer, as it were. And then there are dragons, these all powerful, uber successful businessmen and women. And, and they're like masters of the universe. But in fact, you were being used as much as anybody because they were finding ways of winding you up to show you at your worst so that you could be dragonish. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I remember the, um, the producer saying to us very early on, he said, uh, I can't give you money because TV doesn't pay, the yeah. BBC doesn't pay. Uh, I can't give you power because you have no power over the edit. But what I can give you is fame. And you could see the sort of egos light up. Of Just the- a second. I've got to let my wife in. She's stuck outside. Hang on. I'll, I'll come back. Okay. This, by the way, Rachel, is all part of the kind of homespun um, charm of the, of the podcast. Well, you, you're probably familiar with some of the details. Like some people say to me things like, oh, and you need to get yourself a blah, blah, blah camera. And you need to sort out your lighting. Well, I'm kind of aware of this, but at the same time, if I had people doing this stuff for me, yeah, it would be fine. But it, but given that it's me, I wouldn't know how to transfer images from a camera to a, you know, thing to make the... So I just think, you know, until I can afford a production crew, I'm just going to do this yeah. homespun thing. And Do you agree with me that I think the, the, the background of countryside, even though it kind of, it's, it means I'm backlit is nicer than, than the, the gray shutters you saw on the Naomi Wolf interview. Yeah. And actually it's very, very important because uh, it's very important that generally that we keep in touch with nature. And that's why all of my solo videos I film out in the peak district, because yeah. it's very calming for the nervous system. And one of the things that the powers that shouldn't be are trying to do at the moment is create a huge amount of dissonance and they're trying to make our nervous system constantly on edge or activated and um, it, they, they're deliberately creating dissonance for that reason so it's very important that we keep in touch with nature and even just looking out of the window and seeing a blue sky and a tree or having some greenery in your home it's very important. It's very calming for the nervous system. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we have to really practice that to stay in our center at the moment because we are being bombarded with activation, fear-based activation. So I'm a great fan of nature and the healing, meditative quality of nature, which is why all my videos are, are, are filmed outside. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Do you have any theories on why they're trying to... In, um, to induce this kind of hypertense state? Well, fear is the weapon. Um, and if you can keep people in a state of fear, it's con a contraction and people are much easier to trigger and therefore command and control. So if people are terrified, oh my God, there's a deadly virus and we've got to stay safe. Yeah. And so what's happened, and, and Naomi Wolf said this to you about this is like being in an abusive relationship. Mm. So you've got this invisible enemy and then you've got the government saying, oh, there's this terrible invisible enemy, but we can keep you safe if you follow our guidelines. If you do what we say you should do, yeah. we will keep you safe. And that's a very powerful message for the subconscious mind. And unfortunately, what's happening is that people are being led over the, like lemmings over, uh, over the edge of the cliff because they trust the government, um, because we've been brought up to trust our government. We elected them, so we trust them, but we don't realize, most people don't realize this isn't a government. This is, these are puppets that have been put in place by the global elite, the corporate elite, um, and the whole thing has been highly manipulated. So Boris Johnson is on the payroll of the World Economic Forum. There's no, mis no doubting that, along with people like Justin Trudeau, Biden. They're all puppets. They're all sa the sales guys you put in the car showroom to convince the punter to buy the car. 
Yes. Um, and they're just front men for, for a much darker force on the planet. And most people are completely unaware of it. Yes. Well, how did you become aware of it? Well, the thing is, my background is obviously business and entrepreneurship, mm. but um, the world of enterprise and entrepreneurship is very different to the world of big corporate business. And that big business world, the, the world of stock markets and, and ruthless MBA, MBA CEOs and finance directors and venture capitalists, um, they are highly strategic and utterly ruthless, utterly driven by money and power. Mm. And what we have on our hands, and I quickly realized this when I read The Great Reset, uh, the book by Klaus Schwab, and I realized, oh my God, this reads like a SWOT analysis. I've read many business plans and I trained in accountancy for seven years before creating my own business. So I've read many business plans over the years And when I read The Great Reset, I realized that it was a SWOT analysis of all of the key aspects of modern life. But what was missing from that book, because the book says we have to act and we have to act now. But in that book, there are no recommendations for the action plan. And I realized when I read it, oh, my God, there's a second book, which is a manual that we don't have sight of. And that is what has gone into worldwide governments. And that is the strategic plan that has been laid down by the World Economic Forum for for what all the governments should follow to solve the problems highlighted in the Great Reset. And that is when you and when you start piecing this together and you realize that this has been engineered by ruthless, heartless actually quite satanic psychopaths you start to realize we're in deep trouble yes tell me what is a SWOT analysis strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats so in the in the great reset book Klaus Schwab looks at every sector every aspect of modern life and he just does a SWOT analysis what are the strengths the weaknesses the opportunities and the threats And one of the big threats, if you read that book, is the people getting out of control and they cite the riots, the George, um, the Black Lives Matter, George Floyd riots and the Extinction Rebellion. And you can then start to realize that all of these mass events were engineered specifically to create the fear amongst governments that a form of mass population crowd control was needed because otherwise the governments would lose control of the people. And they've also persuaded the governments of the world, and I'm convinced of this, that the big problem is overpopulation, that there's too many people on the planet and that there needed to be a strategic decision that would cull the numbers of people on the planet to save humanity. So there is a messiah complex going on here. And if you've ever trained in trauma, you know about persecutor, victim, rescuer. So this has been sold in, and I'm absolutely convinced of it, that um, there's a messiah complex going on here, like Bill Gates being the messiah, saving humanity. We have to save humanity. And we have to, to save humanity, there's going to have to be some strategic decisions, which are difficult medicine, but they're going to have to be taken because that's the only way to save humanity. But the truth of the matter is the problem on this planet is not overpopulation. The problem is that the lion's share of resources are held by a tiny percentage of the people. One percent of the people own 90 percent of the world's wealth and they are gripping onto it. And they know that the only threat to that is the fact when people rise up, like in the French Revolution and the, you know, the people rise up and off with their heads. Yes. And they they know what's coming if they don't act. Yes. Yes. There is. I, 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 listened to a fascinating podcast the other day about the 
the Russian Revolution and about it was a sort of wake up call to the to the crowned heads of, of Europe, but also to the to the kind of, you know, the, the rich elites around the world. And it it brought to a head their terror of the populace, of the, of the mob. And you and you mentioned your, in your analysis of, of Klaus Schwab's book that fear of of the civil unrest that's that's the core of it isn't it so so that is a clue as to how ultimately we can defeat this enemy if we are going to manage to defeat them is this is this a, a new um direction for you or, or or have you been thinking about this for a long time well um, when the whole COVID thing broke, I, I was in that place of fear and I thought, oh, my God, this is terrible. And what if my children die and I better yeah. comply? And I kind of went along with it. But then uh, then people started to send me things. And the first thing that I got sent was a SAGE report, a leaked SAGE report. Yeah. And my friends yeah. said to me, read this. They're trying to manipulate the levels of fear. And when I read it, I said, this can't be true. This must be fake. This our government can't be doing this. And she said, no, this is, this is true. So I started to question. And then I started to see what they were doing to small businesses, which is very much my world, small yeah. business. I was in horror at what the government was forcing small businesses to do, the, the nonsense of perspex screens and people wearing visors and yeah. one-way arrows around your shops and all this signage. And I very quickly realized that they were using, because see, people think the conservatives is the party of business. It's not. This conservative party is the party of big corporate interests. They don't give a shit about small businesses mm. and they've mm. used them ruthlessly to execute, uh, to, to create all of this fear-based signage and to, to use the shopping experience to reinforce uh, the message that there's this terrifying thing out there and we all have to mask up and you can't come in unless you gel your hands and, wear a mask and it, it's clever you know it's clever what they've done but it's it's evil yes yeah it is I, I would I would use that that word as well but it's it's really good Rachel that you're that you're on our side because actually one needs people with a bit of public profile because you know I mean we are an incredibly celebrity celebrity driven culture aren't we but a lot of people kind of see somebody on tv and think well um, they must know what they're talking about because they got on TV. But you're quite alone. I mean, you, there are not many people like you who are speaking out on this. I think most of, I mean, that other dragon woman, what's her name? Um, uh, <laughs> the other one, you know, Deborah Meaden. Deborah Meaden's on, on the wrong side completely, isn't she? She's been massively pushing the pushing the jabs and so on. I, I don't really know, but I, and I think it's interesting that they are using celebrities and ambassadors ruthlessly to drive this through. And you can you can see what's happened is that the World Economic Forum, they've basically promised all of these elite a kind of Willy Wonka's chocolate factory golden ticket to this. Because once this once this plan is implemented, assuming they manage to push it through, mm. There will be the elite who get to go to all the wonderful places and fly on the private jets who won't have to wear masks and won't have any restrictions. And then there will be the rest of us who will be essentially quarantined and herded and very restricted. Yeah. And so they've clearly promised this elite, this Hollywood elite and all of these ambassadors, people like Tony Blair, they're obviously bankrolling them and they're promising them the golden ticket to be part of the one of the people that gets to go, you know, I mean, it's a classic yes. corporate thing. You know, you, you get your, your golden ticket to get into the VIP enclosure. It's yes. like that. Yeah. You can see how the corporate mind, I mean, I've been in that corporate world. I know how the corporate mind works. This is what's going on. Um, and I do think it's, it's not, it's, I don't think actually we have to be a celebrity. I think that lots of normal people are speaking out. And I also believe there's a huge program in the, in the patriarchal mindset, which has been implanted in us, that you have to get to numbers to be effective. And I don't think that's true at all. I think that small 
local community groups of normal people coming together and linking and creating strong local networks. It doesn't have to be big, even if it's just a dozen people, that is really powerful. And as those groups join and link up, what, what will happen is there will be a whole grid of people across the planet who yeah. are the resistance. And it's going to be based on local community groups. I'm absolutely convinced of it. Tell me a bit about that, that corporate mindset that you, I mean, from where I'm sitting, you basically need to be a psychopathic dickhead to to get to the top of the kind of corporate ladder i'm thinking about people like paul polman the guy from unilever um well pretty much any any of the yeah you know, anyone to do with siemens or any of those companies am i right that they, they are they they select for psychopathy well the thing is to get to the top i mean i i just know this because i've i've trained in trauma and what what i realize is that to get to the top in business in politics, you have to be pretty hard and ruthless. And the, the people who are most likely to get to the top are people who've got a huge amount of childhood trauma, usually from going to boarding school or having very kind of hard dri driving parents who didn't have a lot of love when they were young. So take someone like Boris Johnson. Yeah. He has basically, he's obviously bullied as a child. He's got a very domineering father never thought he was good enough. And he's, he, he's a highly traumatized young boy in a man's body. I mean, I've got five sons and I've got four brothers. So I kind of really get this being a mother and about when I see men like that, I do see the little boy, the frightened little boy inside. And the, the problem is when you have a lot of trauma that's unresolved, it's like, it's like a armor around your heart. You can't feel you can't feel empathy. You can't feel compassion. And that's why psychopaths, mur mass murderers, they're all highly traumatized. I mean, Hitler is a great example. He had a, a very abusive father. And that's how he was able to ruthlessly execute his plan because he couldn't feel. He couldn't feel. And um, so we've got, we are, we are in a world that is run by highly traumatized men, mainly. Yeah. And it's men, unfortunately, I'm not being sexist. It is unfortunately this patriarchal masculine that is driving this program home. And I do feel that that women, uh, there's a lot of women speaking out and particularly mothers, uh, you know, coming they're coming after our children with these injections. And I, I, I think it's actually going to be the women speaking out and standing up and saying, no, it's going yeah. to be very powerful. I, I think you're right. I mean, certainly this has been my experience and a lot of the sort of conversations I've had um, that, that, that women are, are generally, they're doing the brunt of the, of, of the work in, in resisting this. At the same time, of course, I, I think I, it's arguable that women are actually partly responsible for the for this problem in the first place because they are more prone to the kind of the fear message being put out by the government. They're more, they're more cautious, you know, better put on a mask and stuff. So I think it works both ways, doesn't it? That, that you're right. The women, are, the, it's women who are, who are fighting the fight best, but they're also probably those people who are kind of helping us stay locked down. Yeah, quite possibly. But I do feel that um, in terms of the solution to all of this, which is what I am personally interested in, how are we going to how are we going to finesse ourselves out of this situation? Because it's going to get very dark. I think yes. we have to brace ourselves this autumn winter. There is going to be mass death. Yeah. There's going to be chaos and there's going to be a lot of fear and desperation. So how do we how, how do we hold our center and corral ourselves to hold a light in that darkness? That's going to be really key. But the thing about this is the world is run like a business, and it's this is the patriarchal masculine, the, the, the global corporates. They want to run the world like a business. Yeah. And when you run a business, all of the old people, you get rid of them. Anyone who's Anyone who's not you know, uh, strong and able to make money. Yeah. You, you basically, if you, if you, I mean, basically this is a global corporate hostile takeover bid. And so yes. if you look at any corporate takeover bid of a company, 
when the acquisition happens, what do they do when they take over a company? They get rid of all of the staff that are, are surplus to requirements. Mm. All the old mm. people just get shipped out, only leaving a lean m- machine. And so this world is, be- is being run and is going to be run like a business. And that's why, I mean, this is, I mean, David Icke's just done a lot about this Liverpool pathway about how last year, with these drugs, they were basically deciding that all the old people needed to be essentially euthanized. Yes. And, and it's very, very frightening and shocking. And Matt Hancock is just a psychopath. Yes. To put him in charge of health. I mean, I, I wouldn't even get him to babysit my children, you know, let alone run the National Health Service. I, I agree. Frightening. I, I, going back to that, that the, the, what you mentioned about these people thinking that they're going to get a place at the top table, that they're going to be, they've got the golden ticket because they belong to the elite class, you know, that by, by, by the grace of the, of the super elite, the black nobility or whoever they've been allowed. And, and Matt Hancock is classic example of that. He is an absolute non-entity. He's the kind of person who would have, you would have despised at school. You just know it. He's got no no charm, no no real talent, but he but he's got determination, ruthless determination, and that's a very very dangerous you know a chip on his shoulder probably probably aware of his, his of his grotesque limitations, and he's punishing yeah. the world for this. And you know these people are really good liars. Boris Johnson, Matt Hancock. Biden, Trudeau, they're all really good salespeople. They Fauci, they 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 will say whatever it takes to get the deal done. Yes. But the interesting thing yesterday, I was watching, I don't often watch mainstream media, but someone said to me, watch last night's presentation with Boris Johnson. Now, the interesting thing about that was that Boris Johnson, he's looking very grey. You can see in his grid the strain of what he's having to hold. When you listen to Chris Whitty, you could hear the fear in his voice, the dissonance in his voice. And I think that there is a lot of fear now amongst these public figures because of the threat of Nuremberg trials, because they know that they're lying, because they know they're not telling the whole truth. They know they're misleading the public. And there's a very real threat to them that they will be tried the crimes against humanity, and they will be hung. And and be, I, I could hear that in his voice yesterday. It was inter- interesting. That would be glorious if that happens, if we do have Nuremberg too. But I always get, you know, I mean, um, I've got friends on Twitter who are constantly tweeting, yeah, Nuremberg too, it's coming. And I'm thinking, well, these guys have all the money in the world. As you say, they own most of the land in the world. They they control all the corporations. They bought the governments. I mean, uh, China China is is communist China is a modest threat compared to these the, the people who are who are the real enemy. Would you agree with me? Um, well, I think China is in on it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, the World Economic Forum when they when Klaus Schwab presented. Um, Xi Jinping, is it his name, the leader of China? And, um, you know, so it's just like, oh, my God, because obviously China is this is a massive market for China, crowd control, you know, all of the facial recognition, cameras, security. Are are the Chinese in the business of depopulating their own population? I mean, are they are they on board with that? You said, would you say as well? Are they Malthusians? Well, I think that there is a mass uh, genocide plan, and I think that the people remaining will be closely controlled. And that's what Naomi Wolf was talking about, the technology that they're introducing, like in China, where you have this vaccine passport is then extended into every area of life, like in China. So you can't do anything without this digital ID. And it's very, very frightening because especially for people like us who aren't complying I mean, I don't comply with any of this. No. I mean, Boris can say what he likes about lockdown or what not lockdown. I, I mean, I still meet with my local community group and we have been for months. Yeah. We just, we formed a local community support group. And we meet, we hug, we sing, we dance, we laugh, we chat, no masks. And it's wonderful. Yeah. 
Absolutely yeah. wonderful. So it doesn't, it's irrelevant to me what Boris Johnson says. He, he does not control me. I do not consent mm. to his rules. To continue the point where I, I, I rather sidetrack myself by asking you that question about China, but given that even, even Jonathan Sumption, who's, who's kind of on our side, has, has conceded that, that the system is not um, capable of dealing with this, I, th I, I, I think. I mean, the, 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 we saw during the stolen presidential election that the US, even the US Supreme Court has been completely corrupted, that, that, it, that it doesn't do its job. So how, how would you envisage a, a, a Nuremberg? How's, how is it going to happen? There'd have to be an awful lot of revolutions before that came about. Is it going to come to that? Well, I, I, th I think the thing that I was talking about is the threat of it, the fear of it, because the, I mean, if you imagine you've got this global elite, which is at the top of this, but then you've got layers down. So it's a bit like Hitler and then, he, you know, you've got the SS and you've got all of the, yeah. so, so the people who are going to lose, who's going to lose their nerve first? It's not going to be the people at the top because they're just ruthless and hidden. But it's the public facing people, people like Chris Whitty, who is in deep now. Yes. He's the kind of person that is going to be um, he's going to be the person on trial. And, and you can hear the fear in his voice. So I, I think that the thing that is going to crumble and wobble are the people who are obeying the orders I mean, like, like the headmaster of my children's school. I mean, I'm putting a lot of pressure and just saying, you know, you, why aren't you questioning these government diktats? This is against the interests of our children. This is not in the interest of their safety. This is a polit political government diktat. You are responsible. You are culpable. And so people like the head of the MHRA, what's her name, June, um, I forget her name, but these are the people that need to be targeted because they're the ones carrying out the orders. And they're the ones who need to actually start saying, no, we're not gonna carry out the orders anymore. That's what needs to happen. So in the case of yours, I, I think it's admirable what you're doing to that, giving the headmaster a hard time for the best of reasons. Are, are you, have, how are the other parents on this? Are they, are they all kind of, compliant or are they with you well i think most people are compliant because they are brainwashed they watch the mainstream media yeah. they watch the bbc they read the tabloid newspapers and unfortunately you know this is mass hypnosis yeah and people have yeah. been brainwashed there's no two ways about it and i have a lot of compassion for that because i was I used to be in the program, you know, before I woke up and, and got a bit of conscious awareness. Yeah. I was absolutely in the program back in the Thatcher years, you know, believed everything on the BBC, believe what's in yeah. the tabloid, believe it, it. So it's only when you start to wake up and question and many people are still sleepwalking through life, unfortunately. So, but I, it will only take a critical mass of us to awaken because, and this is, they know this, that, it, it doesn't take all 8 billion people on the planet to wake up. It only takes a critical mass of people with enough conscious awareness and bringing in enough light for there to be a quantum leap in evolution and everyone will get it. It's like the 100 monkey syndrome. They do say 3%, don't they? 3% is all you need of the populace. Yeah. To start a yeah. revolution. So, yeah. So, uh, so, this getting obsessed with numbers and like, oh, there's not enough people. Actually, quality and focus of energy is far more important than billions of people. It doesn't need that many. And I think also the beautiful thing about all of the protests, from, I haven't been on one, but from what I can gather. Rachel, come to the next all one. Loving, they're loving and upbeat and they're people in party mode. There's not violence. There's not yeah. that anger. And, and that's so important that this is peaceful and it's high vibration because that is what is going to the darkness cannot, you know, the way to get rid of the darkness is just turn on a light. It really is that simple. So light that's flooding in from everyone. So it's very important that we don't go into anger, fear or judgment, that we keep that place of joy, high vibration, singing, drumming, 
dancing, chanting, and laughing. Yes. You know, that's so important. Have you have you lost lots of lost of friends over this? Um, there's a lot of yes, I I have. However, I have made many, many more new friends because. Because when I started questioning this, I started making videos and I gathered a whole new tribe of people who would just thank you so much. And I know you get those emails. Thank you so much, Rachel. You're speaking exactly what I'm thinking. And so I amassed a whole tribe. I do like a Monday, like an open session where anyone in the world can come on for free and just share what they're feeling. I created a local community support group. I'm attempting to create an eco community where we can actually buy some land. And so all of these, it's actually brought so many amazing people into my life who we're all on the same page. We're all aligned and it's wonderful. I've got some amazing new friends and unfortunately people who are in the program, I've just had to spend less time with because unfortunately it just leads to arguments uh, because they're so convinced you, you can't talk. I, I totally agree with you, by the way. I've met the most wonderful people on the march and people from all walks of life. You know, I just just feel like it makes me feel so happy. Um, you know, I have to say quite a lot of them are sort of the earth kind of working class types rather than rather than people from my own educational background because i think yes. people from my own educational background have probably bought into the system too much. They I mean like you the Thatcher years and, and 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 for many years after, you know, where I was I was a mainstream media journalist. I believed everything. I just yes. I trusted the system. I think most people do because we've been conditioned to believe everything that you know that you can trust the newspapers. If it's not in the newspapers, it's probably not true. The newspapers don't don't lie and stuff. And it's been quite an eye opener for me discovering this new world. And once you discover yeah. it, it's very hard to talk to people who who don't get it because they think we're well, the thing is just follow the money just look at who funds all the fact checkers and look who funds like john hopkins university and bill and melinda gates foundation and and big pharma and and just look at the strategic partners of the world economic forum they are facebook and google and reuters and astrazeneca and pfizer and bill and melinda gates foundation it's so obvious yeah. It's so obvious that this is just a strategic corporate global takeover bid that has been masterminded by the World Economic Forum and it's being relentlessly bulldozed through and all of the media is owned, all of the mainstream media is bought and owned by that small group of strategic partners and they are just relentlessly pumping out the corporate message that that fits and anything else is silenced, dumbed down, removed. I mean, I noticed Naomi had been removed from Twitter, de- yeah, completely deplatformed. Yeah, it's outrageous what's going on. It is. It is outrageous. And and at the same time, here I am smiling. It's only because I think I agree with you. It's so important that we keep our spirits up. I mean, and not. I think you. You. Uh, I, I'm guessing that you agree with me. That this is this is a battle between good and evil. It's that simple. Ultimately. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I, I don't even like that word battle because I, I, I feel that the minute we start going into words like battle, fight, hmm. we're going into a sort of anger, us versus them. This is about us shining the light of conscious awareness. This is about us speaking the truth. And the thing is, you can tell when someone is speaking the truth. You can tell by the resonance of their voice. You can tell by, you can tell when someone uh, is in an integrity by the way they look, by the way they sound. That's why, if you look at Boris Johnson, you look at Chris Whitty in that thing last night, you can see the dissonance in their grid. If you've done any kind of spiritual work, you can hear the dissonance in their voice. You can tell they're lying. Mm. And, and, and conversely, when someone is speaking the truth and if someone is passionate and, and driven by love, they have a radiance which is very, very attractive and beautiful. And that is, we are being attracted to, you know, that, that light. We're I, attracted I to the light. We are. We, I think yeah. we know. We know we're attracted to truth. 
were attracted to beauty. I mean, for, for me, this is an expression of God. You, know, you, you may not have, got, not have taken the white pill yet, but for me, that is, it, it is manifest. And I think a lot of people are feeling that this, this way. What, I mean, yes. John Lamb Lash says the really beautiful thing because they're talking about build back better. Hmm. And he says, no, bring back beauty, bring back beauty. That's what we need to bring back. We need to bring back joy. We need to bring back hugging. We need to bring back singing. We need to bring back dancing. We need to bring back intimacy and togetherness and holding hands and not being frightened to breathe the fresh air. I mean, it's just, they have this, and that's why it's so satanic because they have tried to wring every last drop of joy out of life to the extent of even getting people to not breathe fresh air. And if you've done any shamanic, plant medicine work you will know the power of chi the life force energy it's not just breathing oxygen it's life force energy and they are literally depriving people of life force energy by those masks and the fear that they create it's it's absolutely evil Mm, what is being done I agree with you. Now, now you said something earlier which I agree with and I think a lot of people are going to find quite jarring and scary you said that people are going to die this autumn probably in large numbers um are you talking about age responses to the to the to the the so-called vaccines yeah well the the local councils all over the uk have put out contracts for mass body collections commencing on the 1st of september Uh, i saw a video about recruitment they are planning in big industries to they're going to have to replace all vaccinated staff within three years so there's signs that and and all of the experts who are talking about the cytokine storms that will kick in when the immune system reacts with these these um i won't call them vaccines these uh, genetic engineering uh, experimental injections so we are likely to see mass death and it's going to be it's going to be blamed on some new variant yes. that the jabs that got you know that the jabs didn't quite cover and everyone needs an extra booster for the new variant you can yes. see you can see what how you they're going to spin it and so these mass deaths that come through you know we have to be prepared for the fact that they you, you know hundreds of thousands of people are going to die And it's we have to really brace ourselves. This is going to get quite dark. And that's why it's so important for us to really this really learning how to hold our center, because like being in the eye of the storm, because there is a storm coming and we need to learn how to really hold our center and not be pulled into fear when this hits, because chaos is going to descend that's my feeling and i i don't want to sound like doom and gloom but i think that is what is coming and it's it's quite frightening yes yes i've i i've seen one of the the videos that i think you're referring to the woman who works in the oil sector saying that they've already they've yes. already said that, yeah now okay so there were two responses to that either it's Either it's some random weirdo deciding that she wants to make a TikTok video where she's lying or she's telling the truth. If she's telling the truth and if there are, and presumably this is not, this is not confined to the oil sector. Um, why, why are people, why is this not being reported? Why are more people not concerned and aware about this? Because you think about the size of the sectors we're talking about, the oil sector, I'm sure similar things are going on in the financial sector. You know, you know about it. How do you explain that people are not are not aware of this? Well, I guess that they could justify that on the basis that they are planning, they are anticipating a, a new wave of coronavirus. So, so that's how it could be being explained at a kind of governmental level like for example the government saying to the councils you need to prepare for mass deaths because we're expecting the the this coronavirus to there to be a new variant that we won't be able to 
deal with and therefore you're going to need to to be on the safe side to prepare for all these deaths so that's the official line that is being spun right i, yes. I would imagine that's that's the propaganda that is going through the communication platforms, we need to be prepared for a new variant that the vaccines won't cover. But of course, we know that what the truth is that these injections, I mean, that's why there's such panic to get everyone jabbed. It's insanity. And you heard it yesterday with the Boris Johnson and Chris Whitty saying, we need to delay the lockdown for another four weeks to get as many people jab them in the arm, jab them in the arm. I mean, yeah. it's just horrific, especially when they're starting to talk about youngsters and, and, and children. How, Why would you do that? How old is your eldest child? My eldest is 25 and my youngest is 13. And are they all, are they all on board with, 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 with you? Yes. They don't think you're... I, and I, yeah. That's what they say to me, but I, I just hope beyond hope that they are not un, with peer pressure yes. and with all of their friends that they just go along with it because it's very difficult when you're, you know, when everyone else is having the jab. I mean, I just said no to the um, HPV jab for my son. I refused consent. Yeah. Um, and just on the basis, like it's just, it just, just doesn't need to have that. I mean, I just, this, this idea that health comes from a needle, you know, it's so wrong. You're, you're right about the HPV jab. I, I, I get um, treated for, for my, um, for one of my medical problems by somebody who told me this horrible story about this lovely girl who was going to go to university and she had the HPV jab and then within you know a, a, a day or so of having this hp she got these warts all over her face um wow yeah i mean you know this we're talking about a lovely a lovely girl who really didn't want warts over her face you know it was just, just horrible caused by this um uh, so I think you're 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 right there, but it, it's very difficult. I mean, I, I, I'm in the same I'm in the same boat with my with with my offspring. That you know that that it's very seductive. This idea that yeah, it's just the jab, and then you can travel abroad and you can go and do all those things that you were really looking forward to, and you you expected would be yours as of right. I mean, all our children have grown up in a world where you the world is your is your lobster. You can just you know you can go and 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 experience tropical countries and stuff. And, and it's going to be very jarring, I think, for the young generation to realise that this is going to be no longer possible, that they, they're having these freedoms taken away from them. Yeah, well, I, I've personally gone through a lot of personal grieving because I, I look back on those and I, I so feel so lucky to have lived through the years where travel was very easy and cheap and, and uh, able just to fly all over the world and visit all these places. Mm. It's just not, that's not the future in store for our children, at least in the short term. And we need to derail this, this evil, <laughs> this plan. And it is being bulldozed through. We've got to derail it before it gets to completion because the future for our children is going to be absolutely horrific. Yes. And it's down to us to be that resistance that absolutely hold strong together and finds a way to to stop this being bulldozed through to completion mm. and we have to do it and we have to do it you know we can't wait till it's too late we have no. to join together and be very really strong in the face of this and it is happening it is happening the if you put yourself in in the um in the shoes of the people who've been planning this, this, this thing. Um, what people like you and me and people, all the kind of the, the people who turn up at, at demos at the various protests in London, very few of us are going to take the jab because we, we, we know about it. We distrust the, the government. We know what their, their, their real agenda is. Um, so aren't they shooting themselves in the foot slightly by, 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 by having this sort of depopulation program for people? It's like an intelligence test. Like people who take the, take the, the jab have failed. 
um, I, I suppose I suppose if you're talking about the corporate takeover scenario, then maybe that's it's very sensible that they're, they're 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 weeding out the weak. But but aren't we aren't we a nuisance to them? Um, we we unvaccinated. Do you think they've got a? Well, do you think they've got an extra plan? And, and, well, the thing is, I think that. Uh, I don't think they anticipated this much resistance. And I don't think that, well, I think there's a huge number of people who've refused these jabs. And when you listen to Chris Whitty last night talking, he said, everyone over the age of 50 will have been jabbed. He even said those words. Well, that's just not true because that's not taking into account all of the people who've refused it. And there are a lot of people who are just saying no to this. And I think it was absolutely key to their plan that they got to a critical mass of people. And I think that they got to a lot of people early on, but I, the fact that they've got to the lower ages so fast shows that there's been oh. a huge amount of non-take up. That's my sense of it. Do you think that they're lying about the take up? Yes. And they want to make it seem like everyone's had it. And that's just not the case. And so the problem that they have is that this mass genocide depends on a huge number of people being taken out. That's my sense of it. Mm. Um, and so what happens if they only manage to take out a small number and everyone who's left realizes the penny finally drops of like, oh, my God, they have murdered my grandma, my mother, my father. I mean, the fury that is going to be unleashed, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be quite scary, James, what's, what's coming through. Um, I, that's yes. my sense. It's going to be, we're going to have some quite scary times. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on the scary thing. It's just, I, I wish I could share your optimism about people people waking up in time to make any any difference because i, I mean look, look, you, you look around you I mean, not not around where you are now but 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 everyone i speak to is just like yeah i've had the jab it's great I've, I've, <laughs> when did you <laughs> get as we said earlier it only it only takes it only takes uh, a small number to create a quantum leap in evolution so what what we're talking about here is a metaphysical uh, leap in evolution like a, a a mass awakening it's 100 monkey syndrome yeah so it's it's like suddenly everyone gets it yeah. And, and so that's why they've been trying to dumb down the consciousness, because they need that low vibration, that fear based vibration. Mm. But what's happening is that even though it's not millions and millions and millions of people, but it's enough of a critical mass to create that energetic shift. Yes. And that is what is going to create this mass awakening. And then well, suddenly it's like, pop, it's, like, it's like popcorn. If you've ever made popcorn, it seems to take ages and ages and then suddenly pop, pop, poppity, poppity, poppity. And it gets to a certain shift and suddenly all of the popcorn pops very quickly. It's that kind of when you get to that level of energy, things can transform. And this is a metamorphosis that we're going through. Yeah. Do you, do you um, uh, know lots of kind of, sort of uber successful people with lots and lots of money i mean wh where are they on this do you, you do you have conversations with them because you'd think you, you, you people with money tend to have a kind of good self-preservation instinct don't they or are they just as dumb as everybody else on this issue uh well, I mean, to be quite honest, I'm, I'm in a very different world these days. I'm in the world, I'm in the kind of real world of real people. Yeah. And I don't even think that like success anymore, that, that definition of success, uh, you know, to me, that isn't uber successful someone who no, just, just managed using, using to manage to terms of convenience. Yeah. So, um, I, I think there, there are a lot of people who are, have probably insulated themselves from the, 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 the mass and, and the, the issues. A lot of people have probably just insulated themselves from what's going on, I would say.
and yeah. you just aren't interfacing with it. But I've made it my business to interface with, you know, with the masses on this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, I've, I've certainly heard that the kind of super rich are very busy um, buying up land, um, protecting themselves, not taking the vaccine, but taking kind of either saline solutions or, or making sure, sure they don't go anywhere near it which I suppose they don't have to if they're flying by private jet, but th this is what, this is what they're doing, that this is, they're preparing. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the another interesting thing is um, uh, an ex-partner of mine um, was a, or is a super luxury designer. So designing homes for the super rich. Yeah. And, you know, he was saying that the, the, the first thing in the brief uh, is, is nothing to do with colours or marble kitchens. It is all to do with security, panic rooms, uh, exit tunnels. And so the super rich is bracing itself for, you know, the fact that they will potentially, when, with what's coming, they need to create fortresses. Yes. To protect themselves. And I suspect that what will happen with this is what the plan is with the World Economic Forum, that is that there will be whole islands and places like the Seychelles, for example, completely bought up by the Saudis and with oil money and just buying, buying uh, you know, huge amounts of land high up on the mountains and just creating fortresses there. And the, the normal people will not be allowed to go and live in these places. They yes. will just be exclusively for the the VIP elite. That's what the plan is, undoubtedly. And that's why Bill Gates is investing in private jet companies, because, you know, there won't be mass like EasyJet air flights, but there will be masses of private jets going from taking the super rich to these enclosures Um which are exclusive and for VIPs only, where there won't be any of these rules. They will be, they will be, uh, yeah, just for the elite. That's what's undoubtedly being planned. I'm certain of it. Yes, I. The, one of the things that always puzzled me about about the, this this elite plan, which we know we know has been a long time in the making. You, know, you, you look at the the Club of Rome; they've been talking about the. You know, the depopulation for a long long time and you've got the georgia guidestones when were the georgia guidestones put there they were a, a while a while back um this is this has been an obsession of theirs for ages um but yeah. five hundred thousand, isn't it the yeah. the world population on the georgia, georgia guidestones five hundred thousand. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's quite a that reps because I you know I wrote a book about this I uh, um I read a book called watermelons um where I was looking into the climate, the climate movement, which was a precursor to the to the to this this whole you know new the pandemic, um, and I set out to answer the question: if you know if they're making this stuff up, why are they making it up? And very quite early on, I came a, a, upon literature like the the Club of Rome's limits to growth, and. Um, I wrote about the Georgia Guidestones and, and stuff, and you realise fairly early on that it is a an obsession of the of this international elite, this 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 neo Malthusianism or Malthusianism. Um, but suppose they get their way, um, do they? What about all the kind of diverse niche products, which are which are which are the product of a of a world where you where you can afford to have massive division of labor and and you know i mean surely do they not understand that that lots of people make the world more interesting and and provide more products and how, how what's the what's your explanation for that <laughs> my sense of it is uh, and this is through living in in the the peak district whereas there's a lot of farming and there's a lot of country landowners that you know, there is a view. You know, if you're a farmer, that there that that animals, pheasants, they're just a numbers game to be managed, and so they, there's no problem of culling all the pheasants and having pheasant shoots, or culling the badgers, 
or taking all of the, all of the sheep to the abattoir to be slaughtered. There's it's just part of it's just part of country life. Yes. And so so all it takes is just to consider humans not to have a right to live, but just to be a, a, a problem to be managed. Yeah. They're, they're just a problem to be managed. And so the thing that really brought it home for me was actually watching David Attenborough's documentary on Netflix, which was a life in, in my lifetime or some title like that, where he talked about the world in my life and where every few minutes there was the he talked about his whole life and it was the global population came up so when he was started in 1950 or when he was born there was only three billion people on the planet and and then it was going up and up and then it was like if this continues there's going to be 50 billion people on the planet by 2000 and so it was absolutely dropping in this idea that the problem on this planet is overpopulation. And uh, Stanley Johnson, Boris Johnson's father, and also Boris Johnson, they've both written about the biggest problem on in the world is not global warming, it's overpopulation. Yes. And so this, this is how it's been sold in. There's too many people. If, if we want to save the species, if we want to save the planet, we have to depopulate we have to get this under control and that is how they have managed to sell in this big pharma big tech solution of these mass jabs create the problem jab everyone and that is the way to create the mass genocide unfortunately and and through this vaccination program, just to keep rolling it out through the excuse of variant after variant, you need boosters. And as the technology progresses, these vaccines will contain nanotechnology. So the people who survive can be ID digitally tracked. Yeah. And, it, it, and, and so those who are left can be mass command controlled through technology. And it's very scary. Big tech, yes. big pharma. Um, yeah, very scary times that are coming. And so it is, we have to brace ourselves. We're, we're, we're dealing with psychopaths here. Mm. These are not loving, conscious humans. They are, it's evil. And we have to hold that light and we have to hold a vision for a different way of being on the planet. Just going back to what I said about the world being run as a business. What if we ran this world like a family, like mum? runs her family everyone yes. gets looked after everyone gets a nice warm cozy bed at night everyone gets fed nice food and every if you're ill you get looked after and 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 you're you're you know mom tries to make sure everyone's healthy and happy and safe and what if we ran this world like a fa- like a giant family where everyone looks after everyone else everyone gets looked after and there's not no judgment. You only get looked after if you're if you're fit enough or you know make enough money or strong enough. So so this is what's needed: a complete shift in the way that we run this planet. And I think it is about bringing in the feminine, the the mother, um, I'm without not, wishing to sound feminist. No, I'm warming. I'm warming to your vision. Um, and I actually, I think that's a, that's kind of a good way to end, isn't it? I mean. I'd, I'd love to, I think we should talk again because I've really enjoyed talking to you and you you talk a lot of sense. And um, yeah, so sort of form community groups, just like. Yeah, and it, you know what, from a, from a nervous system point of view, we talked about the nervous system. It's very calming to the nervous system to know that you have got local people, not through a screen, You've got local people that you can call on that have got your back and you can rely on. And so with our local community group, you know, we meet every week and we know that if they pull the plug on all the technology, doesn't matter. We, we can still meet up. We've still got our support network. And that is very calming for the nervous system. And I'd also recommend everyone gets their base survival needs covered off. Find your local suppliers of organic food. Make sure that you've got your basics of energy, water, survival covered, because if they do decide to pull the plug on money, on the Internet, on food supplies, that goes 
to the base survival needs. It's very important to make sure your base survival needs are covered because that that is a very potential vulnerability for all of us if if the food supplies are are, are pulled in some way. Well, so, yes, I know. Well, we're on an island, which doesn't help, does it? I mean, well, a lot of people are growing <laughs> are growing their own vegetables. And, you know, find your local organic farms, find, find your local suppliers. I mean, you know, I've been getting organic vegetable boxes delivered and there's there's local cooperatives of, of organic farmers and find these people and get these support systems in place so that your base needs are covered and you've got your local community support group so that there's people you can call upon that that are on the same page as you. It's very important that we're not isolated and alone. Mm. Uh, and now's the time to create, if, if you're not part of a local community support group, go to Stand in the Park on a Sunday morning. Those are great places to meet amazing people. Those Stand in the Park at 10 a.m. in your local park. Usually there's a group near you. Uh, or form your own group um, just through, you know, local notice board or, you know, I do, I do all my groups on Telegram, which is yes. the best channel now. I've completely left Facebook, WhatsApp. I still use YouTube, but uh, I, I've been banned on there a couple of times. So I've got it's all back, backed up to Odyssey. We have to use these other communication channels. And I think Telegram is probably, it's not perfect, but it's the best of the bunch at the moment. Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree. That's, um, it's been, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad we had this conversation. Um, and uh, Rachel, I'll, I'll put your 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 links up on. You know, you, you can you can tell me what you want put below the um, the Odyssey and stuff. Uh, and um, I'm useless, unlike you. I, I'm useless at business, um, and I keep forgetting or not very good at plugging my product. So just to remind my beloved listeners, um, you can support me on Patreon and Subscribestar and via the DellingPoleWorld.com website where you can buy your special friend badges. And um, yeah, Rachel, thank you again very much for appearing on the show. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. And I, and I, I like your, um, your mullioned windows. Um, uh, <laughs> is, that, do, 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 is, is it Elizabethan? So this house was built in 1652. It's actually Masonic, um, but in a good way. It's actually built to exact sacred geometry of the golden mean. It's a very powerful portal of energy. So the Masons, not all Masons were uh, satanic, but, you know, the modern ones have used the metaphysical Masonic laws for evil purposes. But this is a very benevolent, beautiful house, and it's a, a real power chamber so i was very lucky to have manifested it nice one nice one uh well it's been great talking to you thank you very much and have okay. a lovely Lots rest of, of evening yeah bye-bye lots of love bye-bye